0: People will definitely ask, like, why would I spend ten ringgit ninety on this uh, three hundred ml soda uh, drink? <laughs> tei ice. They okay. call it tei ice. <laughs> some <laughs> of them because it's tea, right? <laughs> right, right, right. This is so Malaysian tei
1: ice, yeah. Kombucha is te yeah, ice. Yeah, like tei
0: ice.
1: You're listening to Foodie Canteen. I'm your host, Castle Lim. In this podcast, I sit down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the F&B space. This is where you will learn about their trade secrets, or maybe you'll just find them as your next-door neighbour. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodies who want to connect to the world through food, they curate the best spots to eat and drink in Malaysia, Bangkok, and Singapore. Check them out on Instagram for more. My guest today jumped off the corporate ladder to make some magic in the kitchen. Just like any potion, it took skill, knowledge and patience to brew the perfect batch of fermented tea that would transform any gut into a healthier one. In her quest of creation, she drew inspiration from Malaysian flavours like ginger lemon, which uses local bentong ginger for a spicy, earthy note. In this episode, Jai tells us what is kombucha her personal experience with how it heals her skin
0: condition and why they are so expensive. I actually wanted to be a surgeon because I always wanted to help people get better. And and funny story, I threw that dream away because at the age of 16, I remember um, my lab partner hurt himself in the biology lab with a broken beaker and lots of blood. Came out oozing out of his arm, and I literally just froze, stood there, didn't know what to do. So at that moment, I realized, you know what, I'm scared of blood, and obviously, I can't be in the medical field anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. so then I went for the next career path that mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, passionate in at that time, yeah. which is the legal industry. Mm-hmm. Cause um since young I loved being the voice of uh, other people yeah like even at a very young age if my classmates had any concerns mm-hmm. or anything to voice out to the teachers the first person they'll ask hey Jai can you like you <laughs> it's you, um, it's you. you are tell, the one like, who speaks uh, for them point, yeah one xxx that. I want this, I want more time, this kind of thing. And I'm like, just leave it to Jai. don't worry. I'm your most reliable spokesperson. Uh So yeah, and that's how um, I started uh, loving uh, the legal career. And that's why I started uh, legal as a profession. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, before this interview, we had a conversation and you told me that you were a corporate lawyer for two years. Like, How would you describe that life especially compared to the life that you have right now, like running a kombucha business?
0: It's a very, very um, different experience, a very different life, I would say. I think the biggest difference is... Um, having confidence in what you do because when I was a corporate lawyer of course I was working for a lot of Uh, large companies a lot of uh, public uh, listed uh, companies I was involved in several large mergers and acquisition deals Mm -hmm. for example like um, bank mergers and stuff like that so being a professional people instantly put their trust on you especially if you are a lawyer so Mm -hmm. people have the confidence in what you are doing and when I decided to come out and start my own business, especially starting a kombucha brewery, yeah. which is something so foreign to people, like, what is this? So, I mean, instantly I had to pitch my ideas to like uh, grocers or to like individuals to what kombucha is. and. Of course, no one really trusted on what I'm selling. You know, like, what Mm -hmm. what is this tea? Uh, What is this bacteria? Will it even sell to the market? You know, people do not have the market confidence. So instantly, I had to build the confidence in myself and my brand to show everyone that this is a sellable item. Mm -hmm. This is the future of tea. This is something that... Um the future generation would love and it will sell on your shelves. So yeah, I went from a professional, a legal professional, to a sales lady, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Selling your
1: own brand and something that you you believe in. And, and what were the reactions you received when you decided to leave the safe conventional field of law for the unknown world of like homebrewing mm-hmm. and selling?
0: Um at the start of course like any other um asian parents my parents <laughs> yeah they weren't very happy mm-hmm. with uh, what i wanted to do mm. for them it's like why would you leave such a stable honorable mm-hmm. career to actually like spend most of your time in the kitchen uh brewing tea like it wasn't like a very glamorous uh, corporate uh career I had to chuck away all my heels, I have to chuck away wow. my blazers yeah. and like just wear like sport shoes, mm-hmm. um brewing things, um you know, uh, moving all the stocks around, delivering it shop to shop. So yeah, and I was actually like occupying two-thirds of my home kitchen. And I I needed to empty a room in my house to actually put multiples of jars of kombucha inside and when you open that room it just smells so vinegary (laughs) yeah so I mean but at the end of the day uh, my family and friends were all very happy for me Uh, fast forward one year which is today because they could see like I had a very steep learning curve I learned the ins and outs of a small business business how to sell something and i had the courage to walk out of the corporate career to start my passion project which in the end translates into a business
1: how how did you first discover kombucha like what drew you to kombucha personally when you first saw it
0: I first discovered kombucha actually um, back in 2016 or 2017 when mm-hmm. I was living in London. Yeah. I believe at that time in Malaysia, it wasn't a very big thing yet, or that alone, it is still a mystery to people, something unknown to people. So yeah, I, I, I was strolling through the food aisles of a health food store in London, and I came about these items. On the label, it says fermented tea. And instantly I was intrigued what is this fermented tea? So I just picked it up, brought it back home. And to be very honest, my first encounter of it wasn't very pleasant. I remember like I opened it and there was a pop and like it almost popped to my face and it smelled so vinegary, sourish. And I really hesitated to try it. Like, what is this? Has it even gone bad? Is it even real? (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm glad that I actually took that first sip because after that first sip, I instantly fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've been consuming it uh, on a daily basis. I, I'm still experimenting with it. So yeah, I'm glad that I found it on the aisles.
1: <laughs> and how has that uh, changed your life, like consuming kombucha as part of your daily routine?
0: Um. So basically... One of the reasons why I started this is also I felt the health benefits from it. After consuming it on a daily basis, I started noticing improvement in my digestion and also my skin condition. Like um, I used to struggle with this skin condition called psoriasis. For those who do not know what psoriasis is, it is actually a skin condition that gives me like... um very flaky red patches on my skin, Mm -hmm. which is uh, very itchy. So I've been struggling with this since young. Mm -hmm. And after I started uh, consuming kombucha, I realized I healed almost 90%. Like the patches on my elbow were all gone and the patches on my neck, there is still a very small patch there, but it has gone significantly. It has healed very significantly. So, yeah.
1: K- kombucha,
0: from what I read, it,
1: it has a rich history dating back to like the Qing dynasty with the Chinese. They call it like the magical potion of life. Um, can you share with us what exactly is kombucha? Like you
0: said, it's fermented tea and like what else? Kombucha is a fermented tea that is made out of uh, sugar, tea and everything nice. <laughs> everything nice like... um. The byproducts from the fermentation, which is uh, the bacteria, the yeast, and also um, you receive like antioxidants, uh, things like that. So the taste profile of it, it's very um, sweet and sour and also it's fizzy. So the fizziness comes from the natural fermentation of the tea. So everything is very magical per se. And I always tell people, um, how does kombucha come about? Because everyone is intrigued how it came about. And I always call kombucha some sort of an agriculture. Mm -hmm. Like you take the sugar, you take the tea, you plant it. And then you brew it, as in you brew it and then you it's, it's like planting it. And then you take the seed, which is um, the scoby, the symbiotic mm. colony of bacteria and yeast, to ferment the sugared tea, which in turns give you the produce, which is um, all the good bacteria that's in the tea.
1: You've been in this, like you said, uh, Jepucha for like a year now. Why do you think kombucha is getting more popular, um, at least in Malaysia? I know that it has been a thing um, in like North America for a while now.
0: Why is it getting trendy like now? I think it's getting um trendier now uh, in recent years because people are starting to get more health conscious. Yeah. People mm-hmm. are trying to find more better bad- for you, uh, drinks. Mm-hmm. So I will always, um, call, uh, J Bucha as a guilt-free soda mm-hmm. because it has that fizziness to it. It is, uh, slightly sweet, but it's not as sweet as it's, it's not sweet, like conventional soda. Right. So it's a very good, uh, alternative to soda. And, um, People are very health conscious now because I think if you look at the statistics today, Castle, um, like one out of five Malaysians have diabetes and almost half of Malaysians are overweight. So when people look at these statistics, they just instantly know that I need to go for a healthier lifestyle. I need to ditch the conventional soda and look, for something else and that something else do not need to be something yucky or disgusting. It can be something healthy like kombucha, which has a natural flavorings to it. And at the same time, you know, you get the benefits of everything. It's funny you say that, like
1: uh, yucky, because my first encounter with kombucha was actually in the states. I'm like, ooh, what is that? Like, it's so (laughs) sour and like vinegary. Uh, And then I tried it again, and my perception changed. Like, I even tried japuchao once. uh I think two months ago and I really like the ginger lemon because I think like it's so fizzy and um the taste like I can taste the ginger, the lemon and even like for the um, pandan lemongrass like I can taste the pandan and it just makes this whole experience like it's not like oh this is something healthy and like quote unquote disgusting but it's like oh actually it's quite a pleasant drink and it's like a healthier option um, and so like in your opinion do you think kombucha is more of a healthy luxury because I hear some of my friends like ah that's too expensive for me like is it a healthy luxury or like a health necessity
0: or like it's something in between Um, I would say currently right now kombucha is labeled as a healthy luxury mm-hmm. because yes I do agree the price is on the highest side uh-huh. Um, yeah because I think the reason for this is because there's not, there's not one company in uh, Malaysia currently that can produce at a very large scale to scale down uh, the price of a kombucha. So yeah, it is still considered a luxury because we do not want to cut down the cost as well, because we want to make, we want to use premium products for, um, our kombucha for, uh, for example for J-bucha, we have uh four flavors we have the original the ginger lemon uh, honey lavender and pandan lemongrass and like uh like for our ginger lemon we try to use locally sourced high quality bentong ginger uh-huh. which is five times the price of normal ginger mm-hmm. and also for the honey we use locally sourced tualang honey as well which Yeah, it's less sweet and also it is more on the premium side in the honey world as well. So, and also the tea, we try to source for very good uh, tea. So that's why it is the price is on the higher side. But at the same time, we are trying to, we hear our consumers, they are telling us that the price is on the higher side. We want uh, a cheaper, uh, kombucha, we want it uh, more accessible. So currently right now, we are trying to ramp up our production and hopefully we can lower the cost, which will be an in-between, uh, in-between of uh, luxury and necessity. Having to say kombucha as a necessity, I think that will take a very long time to reach this stage, the word necessity, yeah. Is, is this
1: like one of the biggest challenges you face starting Jebucha, or?
0: Yes, I think this is one of the biggest challenges that I face having, uh, having people to actually buy Jebucha mm. at uh at at such at a high price. Yeah, you know, people will definitely ask like, why would I spend ten cents ninety cents? on this 300ml uh, soda te uh, <laughs> ice. They okay. call it te ice, some <laughs> of them, because it's tea, right? <laughs> right, right, right. This is so Malaysian, te ice.
1: Yeah. Kombucha is te yeah, ice. like te ice.
0: Uh-huh. Why, why do I need to spend this amount? And are you sure it's all natural? Of, mm. You know, the amount of probiotics inside, are you sure it's, you know, this amount of count, this kind of thing. So naturally, it was very hard to convince people on this
1: side and how yeah. how did you deal with that like you just i mean other than bombarding them no you don't do that right like how do you overcome this challenge
0: um i always say the product speaks for itself so a lot of my consumers after they tried it they just feel like a certain oomph. they really feel the effects of it you know they feel like they have better digestion they have a uh, better energy throughout the day and also they they actually can taste you know how you can taste between something artificial mm-hmm. and natural yep so yeah definitely they they can taste it's natural they can actually taste the sediments of the grating of the ginger You know, and like sometimes there's like some lemongrass inside so they can taste that it is all natural product. And the best way to market your product is also people's mouth to mouth. So people will naturally um, tell their friends, hey, you know what, I think you should try uh, Jebushan. Give it a try. Uh, Try this new genre of uh, tea called kombucha. Kombucha. So naturally, they are also educating people on what kombucha is. Um, yeah, I think one of my biggest challenges is actually educating people on what kombucha is. Yeah, trying to tell them what is this genre of drink
1: That was Jiayi, you're listening to Foodie Canteen. When we come back, she gets real about the lessons she learned in her first year of entrepreneurship and bridging the gap between Cambodia's position as a luxury health product and an everyday necessity. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodie who want to connect to the world through food, that's where you go. Find Penang Foodie, KL Foodie, Halal Foodie, Singapore Foodie, Johor Foodie, Bangkok Foodie on Instagram. They curate the best spots to eat and drink in the cities. It is quite refreshing to speak to you today because I think on the podcast we have people of various like experience. Uh, some people have like decades of experience in the tea industry, some have like five uh years of experience in fine dining. And for you, you are like a fresh, like one year in and passionate about this. Like, what is one of the biggest lessons you have learned so
0: far in this journey? Um this journey i mean i come from from what you hear just now i actually come from a corporate legal background so when i tell people uh when people ask me so are you a food technologist i'm like no i'm 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 actually a lawyer Uh uh (laughs) yeah so people will be shocked on like what is this so yeah i it was a very steep learning curve for me i had I, to learn everything not from zero, I would say, is actually negative. Wow. Yeah, all negative because I had, I mean, although I have the passion of um, trying out uh, new food and also have the passion to, you know, come up with uh, new flavors and things like that. But when you go commo- commercial, it is a whole different avenue when it comes whole to A whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. So I had to be my own food technologist. Um, I have to be the procurement officer. I have to be basically what Chinese people say,
1: (laughs) (laughs) just uh, wearing many hats and doing everything as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm
0: just wearing many hats. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, it is, very difficult coming out as an entrepreneur. Like, I would tell everyone that being a businesswoman, being an entrepreneur, is not for everyone because you have to go down low to actually convince people on what you are selling. You have to do everything on your own as a start before you become more established. And is that the risk that you are willing to take? Yeah.
1: Let's talk a bit about the process. Like what is the process of making kombucha? Like, like how long it takes from preparation to a finished product?
0: It takes around um, two to three weeks to, to ferment the tea. So it depends... We actually gauge this uh, by looking at the pH level of the tea. Mm-hmm. Once it reaches a certain kind of pH level and sugar level, and that's when we know uh, we can uh, harvest it and bottle it. So, I mean, from the quantitative side of things, it is this is what we do. But on the qualitative side of things, I am the taste master. (laughs) So I will taste every batch of kombucha every morning to see whether it is of the best balance so that my consumers get the best out of the kombucha as
1: well. Yeah. And for those watching on YouTube, um, Jiayi, you have brought a jar with you that you want to show to our viewers. Uh, If you're on Spotify, you can head on to YouTube to watch um, a kombucha in the making. Um, So she's pulling up the jar
0: right now. Yeah, so this is um, a small jar. Uh It's like a They're around five liters or so. Mm -hmm. So basically, we have like large jars of this in like shelves right now. So basically... um, Step number one is that we actually boil the tea with sugar. Yes. And after this sweetened tea cools down, we transfer it into a glass jar. And then we add on some starter tea. And we will put in our seed, our secret ingredient, which is called the scoby, which is uh, for short for symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. So this is um, the scoby. And you're lifting. Can you see it? Wow, it's castle? so huge. Wait, yeah, so um, it looks I like always, a
1: squid, like a dry squid. Is that a correct way of putting it?
0: I always describe it as like a oversized pancake uh-huh, in uh-huh. a gelatin form. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So it follows the shape of the jar. Mm-hmm. So we put it in. It will ferment for two to three weeks until it reaches a certain pH level. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. Uh, it will produce all the good bacteria, enzymes, things like that. So it eats up the sugar and the caffeine from the tea to produce all of these uh, ingredients. And voila, it actually like multiplies. It will
1: it will more produce scoby.
0: another scoby, actually, mm-hmm. at the end of the fermentation. Yeah. And yeah, that's how you get the sourness from it because it's all from the fermentation. Even the carbonation is all from the fermentation as well.
1: So the scoby just keeps on multiplying and you just keep on putting in new jars to make more tea, which in the end yes. you take it to mix it with flavours like ginger and like lemongrass to become the final product at Jebucha.
0: Yes, correct. So that's that's what we
1: do. And my final yeah. question, uh, for this interview today, what is your goal with Jepucha? Like, where do you see it going? Let's say in the next six months, a year, three years.
0: Like I said earlier, um, Castle, I I always wanted uh, Jepucha to be more accessible in the Malaysian market. Uh. So I, I hear all my consumers telling me that please make Jebucha everywhere. Like, please put it in more stores and things like that. So, so yeah, so this is uh, one. So we are trying to get into more convenience stores because I think the best way possible to make it accessible is by putting it in convenience stores. And that's why it's called um, convenience stores, right? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, um, we are trying to... Currently, right now, we are in uh, places like a uh, E mart 24. Uh, uh, upcoming, we're going to be in a Mix, uh, Commise. And we are also talking to a few other convenience stores and grocers to make it more uh, accessible to the public. And also, uh, yeah, I, I want to meet like the in-between of a healthy luxury and a necessity by lowering the cost. And to do that, we are actually uh, renovating a new factory to ramp up the production so that we can lower the cost and yeah, so that the mass population can actually try it. And if we would like to fast forward uh, further into the future on my plans for Jei is that, of course, I want to make a Bouchard international uh, I would say uh, worldwide kombucha is starting to become a thing. And I, I always wanted to showcase Malaysian flavors and what better way to showcase Malaysian flavors through kombucha. So if you can see right now uh, three of my favorite ones, which is the ginger lemon, uh, the honey lavender and the pandan lemongrass, I try to incorporate some Malaysian into it. Like, for example, our ginger lemon, we are using bentong ginger, which is our local produce. And from this, international people can actually try how good bentong ginger is. Like, um, you know, the spiciness of it, the earthy note to it. And for the honey lavender, we are actually using our locally sourced um. Tuolang honey from our rainforest. And international people can also try, wow, this Tuolang honey, it has a very mild bitterness to it and not as sweet as other conventional honey. And our pandan lemongrass, I think pandan lemongrass itself screams Malaysian, you know. Uh, Yeah, it screams very Malaysian. When people open it, they can smell the aroma of pandan and also uh this very citrusy and refreshing lemongrass that comes with it so yeah that is my long-term goal showing and showcasing malaysian flavors in a bottle internationally and worldwide jay really thank you so much for coming on the show today to share your story
1: i think so bold of you to like jump off the corporate um leather and just come and start your own business and this is something that you believe in and it changed your life um even your like you said your skin condition and we wish you the best of luck uh, thank you again for your time and that's all for today
0: thanks castle
1: you have just listened to Cherry's story on foodie canteen this show is produced by me your host castle lim and written by su Lin Chang. Foodie Canteen Podcast is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. Thank you for listening.